0: The power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me?
1: Fire! It's the greatest radio show ever. Fire. Good morning and welcome. The world. Dan Mickley. He's a
2: very successful writer. Venice Marada. Let's cut the crap, Mr. Marada.
1: Sarah Cazelle. She's got a job working with a bunch of wackos.
2: And Jerry Carlin. How well, do you know funny, yeah. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wake Up Valley sports fans. It is day three of the week and day two of our Newsmakers event. And if you missed day one, you missed some stuff. You missed Bobby Hurley telling us In code that he was so mad at his basketball team, he he? he ran the spit out of them on Sunday. The spit? The spit out of them on Sunday. Bobby Knight style. Do you remember back in the day, that video? Uh, John Feinstein once wrote a book called A Season on the Brink, and it was the first time anybody really got behind the Iron Curtain of Bobby Knight. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that book going, Holy bleep. I'm glad I never played basketball for that guy. There was the famous audio You're going to run so hard, you're going to, what, lose your supper? Or something like that. It was something. And I remember going, Whoa, Bobby Hurley went full Bobby night on his team. If you missed yesterday's newsmakers, Bryce Drew didn't shrug off the idea of Arizona having two Final Four teams in Glendale. He did not. Now, that would not include ASU's basketball team. Um, apologies there but but yeah. Arizona and Grand Canyon University wouldn't that be something in the final four two of them that would be the unbelievable that would be the most unbelievable thing that be. ever happened it would be yes it would be what yep. else did we miss yesterday
0: it's all a blur inspirational
2: <laughs> yeah. quotes from Andre Turney oh yeah, yeah. Basically basically, Bear, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. You Yes, I could listen to Bear talk you did a, for hours yeah you did a really uh, good job It's sort of kind of um, painting the picture that we had a couple of guys in here who who probably the last thing they wanted to be doing was taking questions from media people mm-hmm. and, and they buckled up and did it anyways yeah. right and that would have been Bobby Hurley and Andre Bear Turini. yes uh, they're both
0: they're both in the in the Vielen ja. In the thick of something bad, you know, right?
1: yeah. when you face adversity, <laughs> no, yeah, you can either hide or you can make yeah. something of yourself. Well, well he really has always I, been gracious. I like
2: about when that. Bear said, You know, it's really nice being with in front of a couple of very interesting journalist talk radio show hosts because normally I have to deal with
1: Luke Lipinski. Wow, uh, <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> who is this wet noodle? <laughs> who is this bowl of wet oatmeal? <laughs> <Luke Lipinski>? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this? This coma <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> No, it's fantastic. And for those who didn't see, I, I, I'm sure Sarah put out the picture. What, what is what's the name of that hat that uh, that that Barry was wearing? What what is that called?
1: Like a newspaper cap? Is that what it is? Uh, like a newsboy? It's like a newsboy. A yeah, like newsboy yeah. hat. Okay, I it's can, not quite a Kangol. It's like yeah. a.
2: It's kind of kind of like a Kangol, but not quite. Not everybody can pull that off.
1: He can't. No. It's old, definitely old school. Yeah, I would like look Peaky look, Blinders style. Yeah, I would look yeah. ridiculous in yeah. that kind of hat. Yes. Oh, you. I mean, I, I would look ridiculous oh, without that oh, hat. All of, hey. I think all three of us would look increasingly ridiculous in that hat.
2: So, uh, Jared, can you see your computer screen? Speaking of people who are afraid of looking ridiculous. Can I see can, it? can you can you see the computer screen? Went real hard. I, I was thinking about this the last time I saw you, Squint. That you you don't mind embarrassing yourself with your with your outfits, but the idea of putting glasses on your face is just too much for you.
1: It's not. I don't. I've I've always been. It's one of those things that once you start wearing glasses, then you have to wear them forever. Mm-hmm. And I've always been just been reluctant to start wearing them, and I've decided. I, this is for real that what I, I i do need glasses i'm going to start wearing glasses mm-hmm. once hopefully my i'm able to grow a beard again <laughs> I'm, gonna go with, I'm gonna go with the beard and glasses look and it's gonna be a whole new thing for me i go, don't know preface, if, i don't know if i want to be near you during this era of
2: <laughs> How does uh, a beard i will tell you this I, I i will tell you this, Jared, this. are you in therapy
1: <laughs> this is this is my therapy, guys. Oh, my this Bring is you your therapy. therapy. You yeah. three
0: are okay my... Okay. Okay. There's
2: a lot of clay to mold there. I think. <laughs> I'm gonna say, Jerry. I know. I'm gonna say, no, Jerry. I actually have to stall. The Divini doesn't have a lot. We've already okay. discussed this. We're, no, no, unlike we're, we're, you, we're prepared, Jerry. We're good. We're, we're, good. Oh, we're good. Oh, we're good now. Unless you, I, well, I'll no, I was, further into. I the was gonna say. Well, I was gonna say one last thing. That uh, out of sheer laziness. I stopped wearing glasses. There was at one point in time, I needed corrective vision. And out of sheer laziness, because I hated putting contact lenses in, made my eyes red, and it just, I hated it. So I just stopped, and my eyes corrected themselves by themselves. Wow. And so I have nothing. I have no corrective. At my age, I have no corrective vision. I can see near and far, which is mind-blowing to people. It's why I always say I believe in the body's ability to heal itself. My eyes are proof. Now, knock on wood. I could wake up tomorrow and go, huh? Are you sure? You say you're from Chicago. Are you sure you're, you weren't born on Krypton? <laughs> Start the show, Farron. I don't know, dude. I really don't know. The splash, splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. splash.
3: splash.
1: The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com.
0: Phoenix Suns made it official on Tuesday. They announced the signing of free agent big man Thaddeus Young for the stretch drive of the season. Young in his 17th uh, year in the league, third among all active NBA players with 1,162 career games on his resume, trailing only LeBron James and Chris Paul. Played for seven teams, most recently the Toronto Raptors, who traded him to Brooklyn at the deadline. The Nets waived Young the same day, making him eligible to sign the free agent contract. So, with the Suns back on the floor tomorrow in Dallas against the Mavericks, we could see some minutes from Thaddeus Young. Magic! (laughs) Thadik, love
2: it. No, yeah, no. Listen again. uh, With him and Royce O'Neal, this basketball team is going to take on a different look and a different shape. And 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 it's part of what's interesting about this team. You got 27 games left to make it all happen. And he signed his contract yesterday. When he got done, he said officially a Valley Boy.
0: (laughs) So it it is official. Coyotes back in action tonight, trying to snap a 10-game losing streak as the NHL's most grammatically incorrect team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, skate into town. The uh, Toronto headed in the other direction. they won four straight, outscored those opponents 21-8 in the process. The game also marks the homecoming of superstar Austin Matthews, who grew up in Scottsdale. Matthews leads the NHL in goals. He needs just one to hit 50 for the second time in his career. Interestingly enough, in 12 mm-hmm. career games against the uh, Coyotes, only five goals in those games. Pace off 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage starts at 7.30 on Arizona Sports on 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. Two adult males have been charged with murder in connection to the shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade last week, Dominic Miller and Lindell Mays faced charges of murder in the second degree. Two counts of armed criminal action and unlawful use of a weapon. The shooting, which apparently stemmed from a disagreement between many people, killed one woman and injured 22 others, yeah. including 11 victims under the age of 16. Both men remain hospitalized or being held on separate $1 million bond.
2: Yeah, and if you read Mike Florio, it started in the very beginning because somebody looked at somebody the wrong way.
0: Yeah. Are, that's where we are in society. And one uh, of them fantastic. responded fantastic. by pulling out a gun and the other guy did the same thing. And
2: just, <laughs> hey, yeah. who cares? Yeah. He looked yeah, at oh me the man, once I pull it, I better use it.
0: Yeah. Uh, the number one college hoops team in the country, the UConn Huskies fell on the road to 15th ranked Creighton last night, 85-66. UConn sees its 14 game winning streak snapped. They fall to 24 and three on the season. In college football, the field for the 12-team college football playoff beginning next season will comprise five conference champions at seven at-large selections after university presidents uh, who oversee the CFP voted unanimously to tweak the format. It was going to be 6-6, right. but the Pac-12 kind of got dissolved, if you will. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember that. And uh, Zach Hill, the former offensive coordinator at Arizona State, a man on the move, headed to the NFL. He coached at Scottsdale-Saguaro last. Season Last week, moved and took a job at American Leadership Gilbert, but now he's joining Mike McDonald's staff with the Seattle Seahawks. That's quite the jump. That's, mm-hmm. that's the normal path to the NFL. Absolutely. Go from college to high school to the NFL. Uh, he will be an offensive quality control coach. There you go. There is your splash for Wednesday, February 21st, day two of Newsmakers Week. And Kevin Durant's leadership has been a topic of discussion recently, and he reflected on it. We'll tell you what KD had to say on the subject next. Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's Gambo. The Suns start the second half of their season on Thursday versus the Dallas Mavericks. So what should we keep an eye on the final 27 games? We'll ask our Suns insider, Kellen Olsen, at three today on
1: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
3: They wanted to be KD, but he's not doing it. To me, it's got to be Booker. He's got to be your, your mental leader and your vocal leader to a certain degree. No disrespect to Kevin. Kevin's a follower. He's, he's not a leader. leader. He's proven that on all his stops. Booker's a hell of a player also. I think he's going to have to take the initiative and take this team to the next level because, man, Kevin's a hell of a player. I ain't never going to say anything bad about him, but I'm saying the same thing with Boston. One of you guys has to step forward. He has to step forward. And for me, for Phoenix to be successful, it has to be Booker.
0: That was uh, Charles Barkley, TNT, during the All-Star game, talking about the Suns and their leadership dynamic, or lack thereof, at least through his eyes, giving his opinion on the situation. We had we had the discussion on it yesterday. It's, it's a repeated discussion. And it's been a repeated discussion with Kevin Durant in other stops in his career, and Phoenix has been no different, certainly. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's interesting, though. um, Kevin Durant released a lengthy interview that he did with his business partner, Rich Klayman, on uh, Boardroom, uh, Mm -hmm. Boardroom Cover Story, and it's wide-ranging. It was also recorded uh, before the Charles Barkley comments came out. Uh, Those two met in Orlando, I think, when the Suns were in Orlando to play the Magic, and leadership came up and this Mm -hmm. you know I've said this before and I'll stand by this listening to Kevin Durant talk about his life and basketball is fascinating to me and Mm -hmm. this is fascinating stuff here's uh here's Kevin Durant on the leadership subject why do you
3: think people in the media think you're not a good leader or that you're not a leader I just—I'm not as charismatic as my peers. I don't have a personality that's like fit for TV, like my peers. And a lot of those stories of what we talk about don't get spoken about in the media. And that's just really what it is. It's like you got to sell what you're doing as well. And I haven't sold it enough, you know. And I feel like I don't—I mean, I don't—I don't feel like I need to. I don't feel like I want people to call me a leader, but I also don't want people to say I'm not one either. You know what I'm saying? Because man, they don't see what goes on behind the scenes or what I talk about on my intentions or the relationships that I built with all oh, my, my teammates and support staff but when guys like that say that I just got to chalk it up to them just not being aware of what goes on instead of like wanting to you know Push a narrative for myself. Maybe not a narrative, or tell the truth for myself. I, I You know, or, or expose the truth or how great of a leader I am. I don't feel like it's necessary. I'll just chalk it up to those guys not being aware of who I am. The part to me that stands out from that answer is um,
0: the behind-the-scenes part. And I think that's fair. Like, we, we don't see the behind-the-scenes. Mm-hmm. Charles Barkley certainly doesn't see the behind-the-scenes. No. And I, I think if you asked any of Kevin Durant's teammates over the years— they would describe a different type of not in your well, face leadership.
2: Right. Yeah, listen. Again, I, I I don't know if what we're doing here. Are we are we splitting hairs about what what a good leader is? Is if uh, is Kevin Durant saying no? I am a good leader. You all have me wrong. But, but or, the idea that he doesn't sell himself to the media a certain way, I think is is very accurate, and I agree yes. with what you're saying. I, I enjoy listening to that. But the bigger question is on the basketball court in in games that we can see with our own eyes. Mm-hmm. Basketball teams generally have that one guy when. when when stuff is hitting the fan, the one guy who's gathering everybody at the free throw line, the one guy who's saying this, this and that, the one guy who is clearly leading the team. The, I think this is what we're talking about here. We're not talking about a character flaw. We're talking about just a, a, a specific skill set that the Suns might not have and might not need. I, I, I don't know why we're getting so, not we, but why the story is getting conflated with criticism.
0: Well, and that'll lead us to a... The a, a discussion a little bit later on in the show too, if <laughs> that's related and we're talking about the, right. the same parties
2: and, involved. And, and listen, and I, and I get that Kevin Durant behind the scenes is as accountable as any basketball player on the planet yes. in terms of how much work he puts in on his individual game. And in the way, you can tell the way that he talks to teammates. He, he Well, maybe the guys that left he wasn't digging so much. But, but for the most part, you can tell he's a very agreeable, kind of teammate at least he has been here and 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 I I like to think that maybe this market and maybe this team maybe Devin Booker's kind of brought out the best in him brought out a uh, maybe a more vulnerable side to him but I, I do agree with what he's saying but I don't necessarily think that disproves that the Suns might have a leadership issue or they might not it may or may not be a deal and and I don't think Charles Barkley is wrong for saying that. And we're, like you said, we're going to have this conversation about Suns fans and the extremism in this fan base in a little bit. But just on the surface, I, I don't know why people have to react so negatively to what Charles Barkley said.
1: Because he's saying it as an insult.
2: Now, I when disagree, you, you with, that, someone, disagree when, with that. When you call someone a
0: follower, that, that's where it, 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 to say somebody needs to step up leadership wise. But mm-hmm. I agree with Jarrett. When you say he's never been a leader, he's a he's a follower, and he always has been. That, uh, and I think okay. All right, I think so the- Kevin Durant's response would have been different after hearing Charles Barkley. Like again, that was that was recorded before mm. Charles Barkley's right. That's comments. That's right. That's right. I think his response would have been much more pointed. But he also said in that soundbite, "Look, I don't I don't want people to say that I'm a leader, but I also don't want to say that I'm not a leader. I I think he's very comfortable okay. in that realm."
2: being one of the guys who just happens to be better at basketball oh, yeah, than I'll concede that the word follower can, can see, sound like a pejorative in sports. It sounds like you're lacking something, but that's not the, always the case. That's true.
1: And here's the other thing. Kevin Durant will never, no matter what he does, will never live down going to the Golden State Warriors that is true. at the time he did in the way he did. After doing that There will be people Who will always view him As a guy Who wants to take The easy way out Who doesn't want to Lead a team To a championship mm-hmm. Who wants to join mm-hmm. a team That's already mm-hmm. great And be yeah, they will never let that down No matter yeah, what he you're does You're right about that uh,
2: No you're right about that Because there there is The famous story About Kevin Durant A couple of months into it When he got on the phone With his agent And said Why in the bleep Did you let me do this why did you let me Ruin my career So for So as So as 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 Stout as Kevin Durant um, seems to be about himself and his personality and the choices he's made now, in real time, there was a lot of lingering doubt. Yes. Because that's how severe the criticism was. It's,
0: isn't it amazing that for. We talk about championship rings as currency in the NBA more so than any other sport. You're not legitimized until you have one. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant got two of them, crowning achievement. Hopped it off with winning finals MVP in both of those series. And that's the negative on his resume. <laughs> it's, he's the only that's guy funny. really that could ever funny. make that claim. The,
2: the, the, the championship rings are the only negative. <laughs> in a weird way, it's actually accurate. Yeah. He also wow. talked
0: to, uh, you know, th- there was the subject of, you know, why do people think you're unhappy? But he also talked about, now, Rich Kleinman brought this up and said, younger when you were younger, you were everywhere. You were accessible you were lighthearted. You were doing a ton of commercials, and this is this is really good stuff. On uh, he compares his younger self to how he is now.
3: No, I kind of like being this right now. Not saying uh, this. not saying what I was in my earlier years was fake because I really was I really wanted to be a part of the NBA story like when you spoke about the NBA I wanted people to speak about me too you know they don't speak about the LeBrons the D-Roses at the time the Kobe's. I'm like I'm playing well enough to like when you talk about the league you should speak about me too and I wanted to be that so like I wanted to show people more of my personality my funnier side or my kitty side or what I enjoyed about being in the NBA I cared about showing on the fan bases and the people who followed the league, I cared about showing them that because I thought that's what, like, superstar players are supposed to do. And over time, it just became exhausting. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm... It's something that gets, like wanting to be that brand or wanting to be out in the public like that. But it's just like, I like my own space and I like doing what I'm doing without having any obligations. I like that better. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was just, that side was fun too. I had a good time and it built, and then, and, then, and then there's a foundation for a lot of what we're doing now. But I enjoy just Moving how I move right now, and I think it's just all the evolution of like, you know, wearing all black, or you know, doing one or two commercials every couple of years, and not being as talkative as we were before, but just doing the work behind the scenes. I kind of like how we approach the stuff yeah. now. I like. So started music move, box
2: in the background
0: uh, there. That's there, was, scary. there was like a little interlude where at that, that um, part of the yeah. interview, you see. All of uh, Devin Booker shows up from the golf course. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, seeing how things are going and they're making dinner plans. And it was it was kind of a, a weird little interlude. Gotcha. Yeah. I like moving how I move now. Is that not the most Kevin Durant attitude ever? Right. Yeah. I respect the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I do too. He is uh, very comfortable being him after... And it, it's true. I mean, he made a movie. He made a kids movie early in his I career. I don't.
2: I don't recall. The, I don't personally. I don't have any recollection of the the outgoing extroverted KD in the media. I really don't. Like you, what you just said. I had no. I, I maybe I didn't focus on him at that stage yeah. in his career. Yeah. I don't know. It just understruck
0: Is it? That's the movie. Wow. Yeah. When he was uh, with OKC, they made a whole movie about it. Wow. <laughs> uh, coming up next, the Arizona Cardinals in their offseason. Got a lot of money to spend in free agency. Could be more. And looking in the future of head coach Jonathan Gannon. We'll get into all of it next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs>
4: You know, learning everything new day by day. You know, all the things that come across your desk and, um, you know, being new with my role, first time I've ever done it. Um, I don't think there was one biggest challenge. It's just the day-to-day of trying to do the best job that you can.
0: It's Jonathan Gannon back on January 8th at the conclusion of his first season as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, a season that ended up 4-13. and 13. And, you know, when those... Uh, End of year visits happened, and all the media availability. We talked about it in real time. Vic, mm-hmm. four and thirteen—the exact same record on you know in the standings as the Cardinals had in in twenty twenty two, but a much different feel. But there was Jonathan Gannon talking about his biggest challenge in year one, um, and I think there were challenges from the outset. I think. There was a lot of people that wanted to paint Jonathan Gannon in a negative light after you know the, the Philly reaction to his taking the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job the day after the Super Bowl. There's a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of vitriol thrown his way. But I think as the season went on, Jonathan Gannon convinced some people that he's cut out for this because he got, he got a very understaffed football team to play, it's hard out for uh, him.
2: understaffed and undermanned. You yes, mean under? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Listen. Uh, yes, I, I agree with all of that. I, I do think there was a lot of skepticism. There was, um, there were not only uh, people accusing him of being a liar, being a man of poor character. Mm-hmm. There were people on the Philly side speaking with the anger of this guy. He's no good. You're gonna find out. You're gonna find out why we didn't like him. And turns out those two coordinators in Philly were pretty darn important to yeah. to what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> just, as as their absence would uh, would prove.
0: I also remember having the discussion in April when the schedule came out was like, wow. Yeah. If they're still that mad in Philly, imagine the vitriol the Cardinals are going to feel and the beatdown they're going to experience at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And the, the poetry of
2: him going with yeah. the Cardinals to Philly and winning that game late in the season yeah. was just and, delicious. And, and some people would say that, that maybe that, that great triumph in Philadelphia was cheapened by the fact that everybody was beating the Eagles at that point in time, including the Buccaneers in the playoffs. Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but I would say the flip side is actually true. Their, their complete um, their self-immolation w- was was that much more enjoyable because of that, because yeah. of all that stuff that came at the beginning of the year.
0: And in the midst of those struggles, you don't think Philly looked at that and said, oh, good, Gannon's coming, the Cardinals are coming,
2: this is our chance to get healthy, yeah, to get right. right. And and so, I, so I'm, I'm curious now what this is going to mean because I do think that Jonathan Gannon... Um he struck the right vibe and and more to that point the proof of his leadership was was in the it was in the commitment of his players and the fact that they that they just stayed engaged to the very end of the season to the very end of games um is really all the proof you need on a bad football team that's all the proof you need mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like you, it's like you 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 put your dipstick in the oil thing and you come out and you're like okay Good. Yeah, yeah, we're running good. This is good. We're healthy. We're good. And, and that's kind of the way that you feel about the Cardinals. Now, to me, the big thing is going to be uh, how how much is how much all in is all in for this team? Because you, you don't need to do this in stages. Unless you're going to be real cheap, if if Michael Bidwell is again going to say I'm not spending money, then 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 it might be okay. Then we're going to have to draft this year. Then we're going to have to draft next year. Uh, for instance, Brandon Ayuk is probably available. Mm-hmm. You could sign Brandon Ayuk. He's a, a you know played at ASU. He's a fantastic receiver, great route runner, and the 49ers probably can't afford him. Now with everybody True. they have to pay. True. And so that's a guy you could poach, and you could poach him, and you could either pair him with maybe a Marvin Harrison Jr., or maybe it makes the, the need for Marvin Harrison Jr. go away, and you can do something else at number four. Mm-hmm. So it, it's I really, I really hope there's a blend. I've heard Gamble say that—I think it was Gamble. Has Gamble been the one saying, don't expect the Cardinals to be making big splashes? I would say, why the heck not? Why wouldn't you expect this team to, to invest yeah. money into players?
0: Right, uh, right now, their cap, you know, their available cap space for for next year is like $41 million. So okay. they've
2: got some wiggle room. <clears throat> yeah.
0: That could increase, too. Mm-hmm. There's some speculation. The Athletic had a piece, too. Hey, cap casualty
2: candidates. Uh, how's that for some <laughs> that's evaluation. a bad name right? cap casualty but, no but no D- that's not a good band name at all it's terrible c c c uh
0: Doug Haller uh posited that hey DJ Humphries is a guy that might be a candidate for for a cap casualty cut because he's going to spend a lot of time rehabbing he had a, a late ACL injury it could free up 9 million dollars more but yeah i mean the cardinals are going to have some some money to play with now do they go and you know skim skim the surface of the free agent market to bring in a lot of players because they still do have needs or do they go for the splashy ones brandon ayuk mm. would be a splash i mean starting at the top of the list chris jones would be a gigantic splash I don't think he's going anywhere. You know, I mean, what, not according what, to his Super Bowl yeah, parade what you, speech. What, what you say at a parade yeah, uh, yeah, 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 cannot be held against yeah. you. Michael Malone once claimed
1: that uh, Brucey wasn't going anywhere, and like <laughs> two weeks later, Bruce Brown signed elsewhere. <laughs> as you uh, guys have mentioned many times, though, there's no such thing as like a four-year rebuild in the NFL. No, no. things no, can no, turn no. around quickly, and, no. and you don't need to like ease into a rebuild.
2: No. no, yeah, that, that's exactly right. And they and they had their mulligan. They had their year when everybody said, "Okay, we get it, we, we get it. This is a reset year. Our expectations are low." But I mean, I, how I there's any number of Cardinal fans who squawked about the raise, the hike in ticket prices. Mm-hmm. It, it, you can't be doing that without reinvesting that money into the team. So they, so I would be I would be really disappointed if they're they're not supplementing. All these draft picks and the and the handiwork that Monty Asenfort can do with good old fashioned spend money, good old fashioned Ishbiaism.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know how old fashioned Ishbiaism well, is well, because that's right. it's, it, it's very new fashion. It, yeah. it is. Um, there's also a story uh, on AZ Central outlining you know future odds. And it seems like there's this wave of optimism about the Cardinals with all the draft picks they have, with their ability to sign free agents, with their uh, you know available cap space, that uh, things are on the up and up. And specifically for Jonathan Gannon, read into this what you will, because it's, again, February 21st, but there's a certain sports book that has Jonathan Gannon's coach of the year odds 20 for 2024 mm-hmm. uh, above the middle of the pack for next year, which... Again, read into it what you will, but that is also indicative of... You know, keep an eye on the Arizona Cardinals and what they got cooking in the desert because they're headed in the right yeah, direction. Yeah, that's exactly
2: what it is. It's it's who are the long shot football teams that might break through? And for for Jonathan Gannon to be tied twelfth with Dan Campbell, people see that and go, "Oh, wow, really? He's in the same neighborhood as Dan uh-huh. Campbell?" Well, yes and no. The, Dan Campbell would have to do an awful lot to win Coach of the Year next year. Mm-hmm. He's had a couple years at this now where he's sort of been in the spotlight. So it's going to be a Jim Harbaugh. It's going to be a Matt Lafleur in Green Bay. It's it's going to be a Jonathan Gannon in Arizona. Yes. going could be that kind of guy. But
0: it's also, I mean, the, there's a recipe to win that award. It's for a good team that overcame a lot. And this year's choice was Kevin Stefanski from Cleveland. They had a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. They did, they start, what, five different starting quarterbacks during the course of the season mm-hmm. and got to the playoffs. That's kind of the pattern to win NFL Coach of the Year. Yeah, so, d- indeed. But you you got to check the first box first. got to have a good team and, and what you overcome along the way. I thought that was interesting. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata Show podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata Show podcast. It's brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. Coming up next, we kick off Newsmakers Week, Day 2. It's a special time in the Valley with Cactus League play. Starting up later this week, we'll talk to the Executive Director of the Cactus League. Bridget Binsbacher next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
2: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings.
0: Now yeah, we continue. Day two, Newsmakers Week 2024, where we talk to all the movers and shakers in the Arizona sports scene, and we kick off our uh, Wednesday list of guests with uh, it's a special time in the Valley. We've talked about a big a magical time when mm. Cactus League Baseball oh, yeah. gets underway. The executive director of the uh, Cactus League, Bridget Bensbacher, is our guest in studio. Bridget, thanks for coming in. Thanks Espe- for having me. Especially during this week. I, I imagine you have some things going Few on this things, week. Few things,
4: <laughs> but love talking about the Cactus League.
0: Uh, we love talking about it, too. It's it's one of the things I think that makes Phoenix an elite sports town because you have the visitors coming in from from all over the place. And in, in terms of overall health of the Cactus League, we went through a weird time four years ago with with COVID. And, you know, seeing the numbers from last year, 34 percent increase of attendance across the board for the Cactus League, um, are things finally back to normal when it comes to spring training baseball in uh, Phoenix?
4: It sure feels like it. Yeah. Back to normal and beyond, especially coming off of a all-Cactus League World Series. Mm-hmm. Something to really be excited about. All
2: right. no, I know we can't kick the Dodgers out of the Cactus League as much as Diamondback <laughs> fans would actually like to do that. Uh, and Shohei Otani has been with the Angels, so he's been in the Cactus League. But the, uh, the impact of him on the Dodgers, what do you think that is going to look like this year?
4: Oh, gosh. It's, I mean, you know, like it did you know, back six years ago, uh, six seasons ago with the Los Angeles Angels at a Tempe Diablo stadium. It was incredible. You see uh, and feel a different energy when a player like that comes along. And then with, um, you know, the media that follows a player like that, um, that's a whole nother impact It's that's really difficult to measure. But from the Cactus League perspective, the fact that he stays here is huge for tourism in Arizona. It's hu- huge for... For the Cactus League, and of course, you know, for the Dodgers. So they're gonna see and feel a new energy having Otani there, too. In fact, they had to put up a, a tent specific for the media. Because they're not going to have enough room to accommodate. <laughs> right. So yeah, um, can I can mean, imagine. That's, that's what happens. That's how it goes. And it puts Arizona, continues to put Arizona on a global stage. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's
0: that is true. We're mm-hmm. talking to, with Bridget Binsbacher, the executive director of the Cactus League here on Newsmakers Week on Arizona Sports. And in terms of the Dodgers, I was looking at the numbers. Uh, from from last year, they were the one team that had a very very slight dip in attendance point the oh two percent. That's not going to be the case this year. Uh, yeah. And they do play in a big ballpark at Camelback Ranch, but uh, also the the bump that Shohei Otani. Gives to when he's playing in a in a road game that Mm -hmm. will increase attendance attendance as well, won't it?
4: Definitely, and that's the beauty of the Cactus League. The way our our facilities are in proximity to one another Mm -hmm. you know forty five minutes you can get from you know one end of the valley to the other. Um, But these teams move around to all these facilities. So and we know from our economic impact study, you know six out of ten fans come from somewhere else. They're following a player or a team. That's what brings them here. But as a result of that, they're they're visiting uh, all facilities. They're enjoying Arizona from the southern end to the Grand Canyon.
2: One of the uh, one of the things that that you hear is uh, from longtime residents of the valley, not so much the tourists who come here. Is- explicitly for this is that oh uh, this isn't the way it used to be this costs way more than it used to cost the access isn't the same it's not as small and and it's sort of like it chill as spring training used to be and yet the demand for tickets still is where it's at so how do you balance those two things keeping the heart and soul of what the cactus league once was with the demand and ticket sales and the business of running the Cactus League.
4: You know, the Cactus League, spring training has become an industry all its own. Mm-hmm. It really has. And the numbers speak for themselves. They continue to tell the story of what it means to tourism and and the economy in Arizona. Mm-hmm. but. What continues to remain in the spring training environment is an intimate experience uh, for fans that, yes, it's big business. Uh, yes, the cost of tickets and, and and crowds and all of that, you know, is, is driven by demand and. And people are excited about it. There's there's no doubt about it. But you can still go to a game, you know, and on average, our average attendance is 7,200 per game. Some of these uh, facilities are, are drawing crowds up, you know, 14,000. But there's still the side practice experience, pregame experience. Uh, you can get up close and personal to your, your, your favorite player, big league players, mm-hmm. like you're at a little league game. So it's really understanding the opportunity and the experience that's available and making the most of it because it still is an intimate experience like is not isn't done in any other sport
0: very true Um,
4: it's it's magical Mm -hmm. you said that in your intro yes (laughs) magical
0: Uh, bridget Binsbacher, the executive director of the cactus league our guest here on newsmakers week uh you mentioned early in our conversation an all cactus league world series with the diamondbacks and the rangers Rangers unfortunately won that for Diamondbacks fans but their home park in surprise was one of my favorite facilities in the Cactus League mm-hmm. uh, what does the past ex- past experience tell you what kind of a bump the Rangers will get in terms of spring training support well, it, out it's,
4: there it's going to be significant and and the you know again the numbers tell the story um, a team coming off the World Series whether they win or not are going to see an increase in attendance what happens in the regular season and certainly the postseason absolutely spills over into spring training and we're going to see that in a big way with the rangers out of surprise and you know this is again it's great for surprise they're going to see numbers that you know they've maybe never seen before but again they're playing all over the valley so it's it's big for arizona and even though you know the, the diamondbacks are our hometown team we don't necessarily uh you know they're not Tourists, most of their fans coming from somewhere else in the country, but they too are going to realize a whole new energy um, surrounding spring training mm-hmm. and people excited about watching the D-backs. That was just such a, you know, unexpected surprise. Oh yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. So the Diamondbacks are going to get a bump. Uh, the Giants and and where they play in Old Town Scottsdale, that's basically considered the WM Phoenix Open of the Cactus League. Yeah. It is <laughs> an unbelievable party. And then you got the Cubs fans. Uh, I just drove by Wrigley Field. West in Mesa the other day, and and (laughs) I was reminded, okay, there's a hotel right there, and I know this, and that cat over there, Andy (laughs) Bagnat, he knows this. Cub fans will come here, and they will put on their Cubs hat, and they will go to sports bars, and they will go to Lou Malnati's. They will replicate everything about Chicago while being here. What about the Cub mania that's on display in the Cactus League? From your
4: opinion year after year after year <laughs> I mean it's just uh-huh. something that you never question because of their loyal fan base it's unbelievable and the history and everything that comes along with the Cubs organization it's it's incredible and they continue to break records and you know we we talk about we, we want to always remind our local fans you know spring opening days tomorrow for mm-hmm. spring training and so the first two weeks lightest attendance it's the best opportunity for fans to get into these facilities, the local fans, and get the best seats, best prices. Look for local promotions, resident promotions, and that kind of thing. Um, because after that, people are coming from all over. And the- Good advice. Uh, Sloan Park will be breaking records. Yes. Like they always they do. They always do. Like they
0: always do. <laughs> we also talked about things being back to normal for the Cactus League. What does that mean in terms of, of projection for economic impact for the Valley?
4: Gosh, you know, so attending, and it's again that drives that um, we, we did our economic impact study last year it was the first regular normal environment if you will uh, since 2018 we had a 710 million uh, direct impact wow. to the state's economy 418 GDP uh, we we generate nearly 6,000 jobs as a result of spring training. and I mean, this is a direct impact to establishments, bars, restaurants, uh, retail, transportation, all across the state of Arizona, not just in the host cities. Well, here's hoping for
2: some really good weather. Yes. yes. There, have been, there have been certain springs that have been... The frozen, right? <laughs> and and the golf tournament just dealt with it. Let's hope that lots of sunshine is coming your I'm way. I'm
4: hoping yeah. that we got it out of the way. Yeah,
2: yeah. How about Let's it? just cut and
0: paste what we have this week for the right. rest of yes. spring. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> Bridget, Thank thanks you Bridget, thanks so much for coming in. We thanks appreciate for it. Us. Getting up early and, and coming in. You great, to, great to see you, Bridget Binsbacher, the executive director of the Cactus League. Our first guest on Newsmakers Week, day two, here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.